Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of the Arms Movement Like Project, broadcasting live on Tuesday evenings here in Windsor, Essex, from the Little Heart Social Studios in beautiful Amherstburg, Ontario. Glad to have you along for the ride. If you're just joining us, we're well into season two and we're smoking along with some great content and great local conversation that happens on a weekly basis about all things YQG right here on the show. So a couple of ways to hook up with us. If you haven't had a chance to join the show, uh, you can listen to broadcasts, including season one on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, search the Arms Boom and Like Project. And we do a lot of cool and interesting things here on the program, talking about what's happening in Windsor, Essex and beyond. And just before we get to my guest who's joining me on tonight, a repeat guest from season one, one of my good friends who helps us make the magic happen here on the show. We want to talk about some really cool ways that you can support the program itself. We're brewing some good news. Don't forget, we got season two arms boom and like project mugs that are available right now for purchase and 100% of the proceeds go to benefit the Windsor Essex County Humane Society and the Ronald McDonald House here in Windsor Essex at Windsor Regional Hospital. My friends over at Hag Customs, Glenn and Kim do an amazing job on these and their partners here on the arms boom and like project. So they're dishwasher safe and microwavable safe and available for you to pick up. So you can message Hag Customs on Facebook or you can DM me too if you'd like to get your hands on those mugs and we will get them out to you. Don't forget, we're always featuring your local weather snapshots too on the show every morning, like clockwork. You can find your local forecast right in your newsfeed and we do it with your photos. So we're asking you, if you're a local photographer to get your photos featured, share your shots with me and you can tag me at Arms Boom and Lag or you can send me those photos on Facebook Messenger as well. So, um, you know, again, season two, rocking and rolling. It's supposed to be like summer weather this week. Today has been absolutely gorgeous. Uh, lots of sunshine, warm temps in the mid 80s, uh, upper 20s. For those of you who do uh, Celsius versus Fahrenheit as well, I think it was like 27, 81 Fahrenheit. Um, so yeah, we've got some summer weather ahead and we've got some great events that are on the horizon. My guest is somebody who knows what's going on in Windsor-Essex. He's been a part of the event scene for quite some time. Has one hell of a website, too, that's a partner of us on the show, eyesonwindsor.com. It's a place to check out all sorts of fun things to do in Windsor-Essex County. Uh, he's getting ramped up for a busy summer season, and uh, he's always promoting and sharing content here on the program. Happy to welcome my good friend, Mr. Eric uh, Bonici, back to the show. Eric, what's cooking, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you, Arms? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm good. It's glad to have you back on the show. Good to see you. Um, you too. Geez. Dude, it's like here we are in May, like the second week of May, post Mother's Day weekend. And are you ready for all the things that are going to be coming? It's going to be a busy summer season, I think, in Windsor, Essex. Oh, for sure. Especially compared to the last couple of years. We're coming out of uh, all the lockdowns now and there's a lot more events coming up and people are starting to open up. So that's going to be good. A lot yeah, I think it's going to be. It'll be an interesting uh, summer to see the different types of events that are going to be coming up in Windsor-Essex and and sort of the, the cyclical nature of these events that happen over the, the the last little bit. But before we get into some of your favorite events, some of the things that, you know, uh, I'm proud to support, happy to talk about here on the show, because they're like you said, it's going to be interesting because we've been sort of without for the last couple of years. For folks who are listening, watching the show, if they're not familiar with eyesonwindsor.com, Tell me how you got started. Tell me what the website's about. Um, okay, well, I kind of <laughs> went on a lot about that last time, but I'll I'll try and do the quick version this time. Um, yeah, so Eyes on Windsor is basically a, a website that I started years ago, and it was uh, it started out more as a restaurant review kind of website and evolved into 
and entertainment and fun things to do in the area website. And uh, I think that's kind of good enough to describe, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a passion project for you too, right? It's something that you do because you love to see all the different things that are happening in the Windsor-Essex area and you get to see the uh, the cool things. I know there's a lot of bands, there's a lot of concerts, there's a lot of things that get promoted on Eyes on Windsor because you get to go check out these events, which are really cool to see and and really be a part of. Because I know, remember when you were last time on the show, you were talking about how you sort of uh, lived out of the area for quite some time and then come back into the area to see yeah. that sort of change in you know how we do things here in Windsor-Essex for events versus what we do, um, what other areas do. It's a big difference in terms of how lucky we are, I think, here in the region, Eric. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing, like before, like I moved to Toronto for four years and then when I came back, um, like before I went to Toronto, Eyes on Windsor is more of a restaurant guide, restaurant like review guide. And then when I came back, it kind of evolved into an entertainment and events guide. And so when I came back from Toronto, I never realized how much there was to do in this area until I started going out to events and taking pictures. It actually, all, it all started with uh, pretty much more or less with Blues Fest. Years ago, I went there with my, uh, I told this story before, but I went there with my cell phone and I took pictures of a bunch of pictures and posted it on Ivan Windsor. And the following year, they asked me to go back to the, they asked me to their news conference where they announced the upcoming lineup. So I went there with my cell phone and all the media were there with their big cameras and that. And, and I felt kind of dumb. But, uh, and back then, people weren't using their cell phones as much. Today, like the media is always like using their cell phones or quick. That's all they use. That's all they should be using. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I often say to folks too that, you know, the, you can do so much great editing and so much great content gathering on an iPhone or a Google phone or whatever versus carrying around those big missile launchers on your, you know, that we used to carry. And then you can actually up, it's funny, like, well, I got trained on the cameras way back when, Eric, and it's like, you gotta, you get the cassette tapes, you gotta bring in, you gotta bring into the editing suite, you gotta edit, and you gotta bring the physical media there. I think towards the tail end of my traditional or or legacy career, was really starting to be trained on the mojo, which is what they used to refer to as as mobile journalism, right? And so it's like, you're out in the field, you're shooting the video raw, but you have the capacity to either use a laptop while you're in the field, or edit that video on your iPhone and then send it right to the cloud. So the editor back at the studio has that content and boom, it can be on the air just like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's funny how, how quickly that has changed, right? I mean, I, I saw it too. It's like, I, I mean, I used to do reporting with the flip phone phones, right? And you'd like text things over, right? Very interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, I, I ended up after that, Right after that happened, I ended up going to buy a camera and I got into photography through that. I was using my uh, an actual camera, the LSR, when I was going to like media announcements and that, just so I don't look like a, an amateur there. <laughs> well, but and yeah. you are twenty twenty. It's, it's amazing look what you can do these days. Yeah, it's 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 cool, right? I think it's it it gives us people a sense of urgency, and then it it sort of puts that creation on the people who are actually there. Right. Like you can people are posting stuff to their social media feeds all the time and you get to see that and you get to hear it. But, uh, you know, Eric, we're in 2022. Hopefully, knock on wood, we can enjoy our decent summer with these outdoor events. Uh, I wanted to bring you on the show to talk to you about that. Some good news happening in Windsor. Just get your take on that. 
Um, but let's talk about some of those events. What are you most excited for this summer season with all these announcements, all these different festivals coming up and, and things that are on the horizon? Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice to see peeps, people in person again, finally. Um, I haven't seen too many people the last couple of years before, you know, I was going to all these events and just get to see the organizers and people, you know, from around the town that were, you know, attending. So I think the uh, social aspect is pretty exciting, but uh, concerts are always my favorite to go attend. Yeah, Caesars Windsor's got some really cool concerts coming up on the horizon too. Uh, yeah. They've got Sarah McLaughlin. I was talking to Suzanne over at uh, Caesars Windsor about a couple of different things. I know Sarah McLaughlin's coming to town. I think Martin Short and Steve Martin are going to be like a tag team at Caesars too. But it'll be nice because I saw in the media, uh, Tim Tremblay, a uh, great guy over at Caesars, kind of their entertainment director, is now uh, saying, you know, this is sort of like a relaunch. This is like a re-grand opening for Caesars and the Coliseum because now they can put people in capacity at the Coliseum and you know, I haven't been to the Coliseum in quite some time. I think the last time I went was, oh, my God, like many, many years ago, probably like 2017, 2018. But uh, I used to enjoy going to the concerts. I went to a lot of the alternative rock bands like Collective Soul and those guys who are at Caesars Windsor over the years. But uh, and I've done the the Martin Short stuff and, and you know, Kiss and all those guys at at uh, at Caesars, too. But to see that interaction that you can have, I I, I think you would agree with me, Eric, to have people, I don't want to say shoulder to shoulder, but at capacity in there, enjoying a concert. There's nothing like that. Yes, for sure. You get the, uh, you just feel the energy. It's, I know there was a lot of like, um, of local artists and artists all around the world doing uh, live streams the last couple of years. And that was great. Um, especially at first when the pandemic first started, but, uh, after a while, it kind of wasn't the greatest because it it's not the same. Because like everybody was doing it, so there was every day there was a whole bunch of things happening at once. So you had to decide what you're going to go to and watch online, and and it's just not the same as being there live. So it's nice that we're going to be able to do that again, for sure. Yeah, and I think um, it allows people to get back to like looking forward to stuff like i listen i'm of two schools of thought i i love doing the virtual stuff like this like for me to come and, and people have said to to me on the show like are you going to do stuff live in person and i'm like ah, i don't know um i it's easy for me to hop on uh put my kid to bed kids plural now to bed and hop down in my office and flip a switch and we're live um I do miss the face to face, but I do also like having my own little pocket. But, you know, translating that to events like I'm not a big sporting guy. Uh, I don't go to a lot of sporting events, but I mean, I've gone consistently to movie theaters um, since it's been safe to do so. And, um, you know, it'll be nice from a festival standpoint to just have that kind of camaraderie. And I know there's a couple of cool events that are coming up on the horizon. Uh, first of all. Uh, I know I'm excited. I know this is something that you enjoy too, but you know, Art in the Park is back for 2022, finally. And they'll yeah, be able sure. this year, uh, entirely paperless. So th they're really encouraging folks to get their tickets online now. And then there's a code that they scan on their phone as they enter the park. And uh, Art in the Park for me has always been an interesting one because 
I used to go, used to cover it for many, many years. And then uh, when I met my wife, Carrie, we used to go and I always used to say, that's the festival where I'm basically paying to carry around your stuff and <laughs> go to the different vendors and then she'd <laughs> buy something and then I'd carry it around the park, right? It's just kind of like, you know, you do that as like a dutiful husband, dutiful boyfriend, right? You're just carrying whatever they picked up at Art in the Park. But I know you're excited about that too. It should be pretty good this year for Art in the Park. Um, over the years, you've seen all the fantastic artists and local people there too. I mean, it, it's nice to see that the Rotary Club is back and doing this again in a safe manner, Eric. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because uh, I know that was like a, a heavily attended event in the past. So now they're basically limiting capacity, I guess, is how it goes, I think. Yeah, just to make sure that everyone feels safe and make sure that everybody feels like they're um, equally... Um, I don't want to say attended to, but that they, they feel that they're comfortable in those particular scenarios as well. So Art in the Park ramps up uh, first weekend of June. I'm happy to say that this show, uh, I'm a proud sponsor of the event. Um, so we'll be talking awesome. to the folks from Art in the Park over the next couple of weeks here on the show too. A lot of folks who are on Rotary, uh, I've worked with for a number of years, including Alan and Jen. And uh, I know that they're really putting their best foot forward for this year's event because people want it. People want to get back to doing that sort of unofficial kickoff to summer. So that'll be happening the uh, first weekend of June, which will be here in just a few weeks so at Willistead Park again. Um, Summerfest is 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 sort of uh, getting back to normal. They've got their fireworks party. I know this is something that is really exciting for folks. If they remember, Maggie DeRoche used to do, um, from the Windsor Parade Corporation, have this huge fireworks party right at the, the right where the Macasa Bay is, right? They'd have the big tent set up and then you can't get closer to the fireworks like the fireworks are going off right then and there. Um, this year, they've teamed up with the Bistro at the waterfront, which I'm really excited about, too. And they'll be offering that fireworks party, the best seats in the house, uh, as a fundraiser for the Windsor Parade Corporation as well. Um, in terms of the Midway, no Midway this year, which I thought, uh, you know, was a good starting point as they get back into things, Eric. And uh, Canada Day, they will be doing the Canada Day Parade which is going to be a lot of fun too. And I know that's something that you've covered from eyes on Windsor for quite some time. And yeah, a lot of people yeah I love the parade. Canada, Canada, uh, Canada day parades are my favorite because they're in the daytime. <laughs> like I love the uh, Christmas parades, but they're, they're usually during the evening and the winter. So it's cold. So I don't like the cold and in the dark, it's a little tougher to get good pictures, but, the Canada Day parades, you got great lighting and it's awesome for pictures. And the best part is all the kids that, you know, with their Canada Day hats and sometimes they do up their makeup and they're all waving and that. Those, those are the best uh, pictures. Like I, I take pictures of the floats and that. But the best part is when you see like kids or even adults all excited and jumping around and waving at the floats. So I'm always snapping pictures of people doing that. That's, that's actually my favorite. <laughs> Thing to take pictures of during a parade so yeah and, and it's so cool to see, to it's cool to see from a parade aspect too and, and i don't know if you've attended these over the last couple of years since covid but you know it was at the first winter season of this is probably the winter of 2022 right the winter of 2022 where they started to do the reverse parades you, do you remember those where they like people would drive by we had yeah. tried to attend one and we couldn't, we waited in line and then Liam got kind of squirrely. So we were like, we, I, I, I just, 
I will give it to the parade organizers, honestly, uh, including Maggie, for for being innovative enough to say, hey, we have to try something. We have to do something to entertain the folks and to try something like like a reverse parade. But I'm I, I'm sure that they're happy that the traditional parade where the people are standing still. Yeah. Floats are going it's, by. Yeah. Like, the, I think with the reverse parades, they, they were great, but it was just like a logistics logistics nightmare because there's so many people that wanted to drive through and it's just it's like impossible to accommodate the amount of cars that wanted to go through in the you know the couple hours that the parade is going on so i know they had a bit of a challenge with that but it was it was very good that they at least did something and tried and i yeah i i commend them for that for sure but getting back to the normal way they did parades is uh It'd be nice for sure. So you got Summerfest kind of in full swing. Um, just a quick plug for Maggie. Uh, I've known Maggie for 20 years. She's an amazing woman and uh, we're happy to support them uh, as they sort of relaunch and rebrand Summerfest for uh, quote unquote post COVID entertainment. So uh, that is coming up, I believe fireworks night. As I look at my old school calendar here, which will just be uh, on the 27th. Yeah. 27th, yeah. Yeah, 27th of June at uh, DF Gardens at the Bistro. And tickets are available for that too. If right. you want to check out WindsorParade.org. Um, those are two of my big my big festivals that I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, the county's got some really great things too, right? I mean, generally speaking, there's been different types of festivals that have sort of taken up people over the years. I know Art of Tecumseh or Taste of Tecumseh uh, is, is a big one too. Do you have any county festival, county event that really speaks to you and and, and what you'd like to cover, uh, Eric, from Eyes on Windsor? Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of them out there. I, I just, I'm a little bit out of the loop this year because uh, I've been, haven't been, uh, I've had some personal things going on. So I haven't been focused on Eyes on Windsor as much the last few months. So I'm not too in the loop of what's happening this year, but events out in the county that in the past and i hope they're happening again now that i liked were uh for sure the kingsville folk music festival mm -hmm. um leamington always has like uh fun uh shows on their amphitheaters you know the amphitheater they have at the beach there leamington uh seacliff park sorry seacliff park so it'd be nice if they do those um summer festivals around the county there's later in there there's the uh the apple festival the ruthven apple festival which is sure always good for yeah. for community living essex county there's also um i know this year uh plug for the humane society there's the woofaroo pet festival at the libro center in amherstburg um, oh okay there's a lot of uh, pet lovers out always funny to see the dogs that do like the tricks um that are probably smarter than most <laughs> Most yeah. humans. Is, it, is, uh, that the, is that the Wolfaroo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, the, they're coming back. I, we usually yeah, go to that every year. The yeah, organizers uh, are really great there. And uh, uh, yeah, it's really, it's neat when you see everybody brings their dogs and pets and even their, some people bring their cats and birds and <laughs> all kinds of animals, but it's usually mainly dogs. And it's, it's really neat to see so many dogs in one place walking around and it's a it's it's a big icebreaker to you know socialize and meet other people as well you know like talk about your dogs and pets and they always have some cool events but i love their uh the dog diving dogs you know and they yes. 
Yeah, they jump into the joint tank. Yeah, jump yeah, into the water. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's fun. That's a really fun event. So watch. that'll be coming back too. So I, I'm I'm excited to see that. It's been a while since I've attended that. I think the last time was uh, 2017. Um, so that'll be coming back in the next couple of months too. So yeah. lots to look forward so, to. I know you're going to be covering a lot of it too on the website, uh, eyesonwindsor.com. And yeah, um, sure. well, uh, something. I don't, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but uh, another thing that's I know this. I'm pretty sure it's this weekend. Uh, Tourism Windsor Essex is doing their staycation expo at Demetrier Mall. I nice. believe it's this weekend. And usually, uh, like a lot of the towns will set up. Like I know Amherstburg has in the past. They've had their booth there, and most of those towns will like promote the festivals that are going on as well. So if anybody's uh, going to Devonshire Mall this weekend, that that's a a great place to find out about tons of things that are going on in our area. Yeah, you can check that out because uh, Twepi has some pretty good insight on again all those different events, like you said, Eric and. Yeah, um, you know, you can kind of just schedule it. your weekends, especially if you got little ones too, to say, "Hey, we're going to stop by here. We're going to check this out." Yeah, I'm just checking real quick here to see if it is this weekend. I think it is. I think I saw something on social about that as well. That they're going to kind of ramp up before the holiday season or the holiday weekend, I should say. Yeah. Um, that'll be around here on the corner too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's May 12th yeah. to the 14th. So nice. So check something to check out at Temperature Mall too. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about too, um, you know, your 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 nine to five gig, your banker's hours, so to speak, that what you do. Um, you know, you're you, you work in the automotive industry, you work um um, you know, doing uh some fantastic work and, and you have for quite some time for your quote unquote nine to five. And yeah. uh I wanted to get your take on the announcements that have come out over the last, uh, you know, several weeks about the electric battery plant and uh, what's happening at Stellantis and, you know, sort of the trickle down effect. What's your take and, and how do you feel about those announcements coming down the pipe for the Windsor-Essex area? Oh, I think that's great news for our area. There is, a, you know, the great jobs. And uh, personally, I work at the uh, the Windsor assembly plant. That's my, my main gig, you know, so I can, uh, you know, pay the bills and feed the family. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a lot of uh, worry and stress going on there with the workers, especially the lower seniority workers, because um, they did eliminate a shift back in September. Yeah. And this June, they were going to eliminate another shift and just go down to one shift. But uh, you know, a little a few weeks ago, we got word that they were going to extend the shift till the end of this year. And then I think it was last week or the week before it, they announced all this uh, billions of dollars of investment into the Chrysler plant. And uh, and most likely there's going to be a third shift coming back. So that was like, a, that was great news, you know, for people who are worried about losing their job. And then the news of the uh, battery plant is great too, because that means we're going to be, because the goal is to have, be building uh, electric vehicles here in Windsor at the Chrysler assembly plant. I think. Uh, anyways, yeah. So we're going to be getting supplied batteries from the battery plant, and that creates jobs right there too. So it's all great news. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't. It's not that I couldn't believe it. I, I, I want to say hats off to everybody behind the scenes who made that happen, and that's including the folks over at Invest Windsor Essex and and Stephen McKenzie and his team. Um, certainly working behind the scenes to sort of court. LG and 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 to say, hey, you know what, set up shop here and then working with all the levels of government to make this happen. I don't think anybody 
will say or disagree that Windsor's been sort of beat down over the last 10 years uh, when it comes to, you know, um, the auto automotive sector. Uh, you know, I remember one of my final shows at the CBC was, um, you know, talking about the elimination of, uh, I think, the third shift and, um, you know, being in there on site at the Windsor assembly plant the hours after it was announced um, and, and getting some reaction from folks who were obviously affected by it. And you I mean, you see sort of the growth and then stunted growth and then uh, the recession of, of automotive jobs in the area over the last 15 to 20 years. And you kind of wonder, hey, what the heck is next for Windsor? Like, how do we how do we diversify? And that's certainly a conversation that's been happening, I think, at different levels of academia and different levels of um, business for, geez, at least 10 years to say, how do we attract some business? My only trepidation to all of this, and I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy on the show, and I've sort of alluded to this on previous shows, is I'll go back to, again, uh, some of my, when I was working in media, uh, this area made a huge who to do uh, about wind turbines. And if you remember that, it was about 10 years ago, wind, tur wind turbines were going to be it. And wind, Wait, what turbine, is it? wind turbines, you know, when they were, do you know, the, oh, big the wind, wind turbines. turbines. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like they were making announcements to make announcements. And again, I'm not trying to be negative. I think this is amazing what's happening to the city and I, I applaud it. I just almost have that a bit of skepticism and and cynicism in me, Eric, because you know you have the wind turbine announcement. I go back and it was this was going to be the thing that revolutionizes everything, and it puttered out like a sad, sad balloon losing air at a kid's birthday party. I mean, you look what happened with CS Wind and you know that huge plant that was right on the expressway, and you know at some point, I mean. It was it was supposed to be so big. I remember for our morning show reports on CKLW, we would include when, you know, the big wind turbine parts were going to be shipped on the EC Row Expressway because that was going to be causing slowdowns. Like we were banking on this to be big and it, pardon my language, crapped the bed. Um, and then, you know, all this closes out. I'm not saying this is going to happen with the EV battery plant. I think um, those announcements are there. You've had pretty much Ford here, you had Trudeau here, you had pretty much anybody who is a politician at any level at this announcement. So I think a lot of people's reputations and, and investments are there. They're solidifying the investment. They're going to do it. But I just want to make sure that it is sustainable for the area, right? It's it's It doesn't turn into another wind turbine. I don't think it will. But, um, you know, and then the flip side of all of this too is you know, they're talking about, what, 10,000 jobs at the battery plant, right? Um, and then the spinoff jobs with Stellantis yeah, sure. and all that stuff. I, I, hey, man, I, it's about time Windsor starts to get to that point. I just, I worry <coughs> that at a capacity standpoint for the region in terms of, okay, so you're bringing in 10,000 people for these new jobs, okay? Plus, okay, where are these people going to live? Where are these people going to eat? Where are these people going to shop? You know, where are all these things? So all that development I noticed in, in the East End is happening. And then you have to com combine that with the Gordie Howe Bridge. That's going to be another 15, 20 years. The hospital is not even going to really break ground for the next, what they said, nine years. So oh. if you think of from a capacity standpoint for the region, do we have everything in place to make this happen over the next decade? 
good problems to have, but something to still be aware of as we move forward to say, man, we've got to house these people. We've got to feed these people. We've got to entertain. Like, like there's, it, it's a good problem to have, but I just feel like maybe because we've been so um, cut back over the years as a region that it's going to be sort of opening the floodgate. Does that make sense in terms of like, oh my God, oh, yeah, we have to get sure, this, we've got to get, we've got to house these people. Like, how do we do it? Yeah, for sure. It's Well, even housing is even a, a challenge right now without new people here. So when more people come, that's going to definitely be something to worry about. You know, having all the infrastructure and services that we need to accommodate a bigger population is important. And hopefully it, it does get going. Uh, I know there's, you know, the you know, all levels of government, like you said, I've been uh, working on things here. And uh, I guess we can guess we can uh, just hope for the best. And I really wish they kept the wind turbines and solar panels. It was I think that was honestly, I think that was a little bit overregulated. So it made it not, um, I don't know, financially feasible, I guess, because I know in like in I think in Europe and other countries, you can sell the electricity back to the grid and it's mm -hmm. worthwhile for you to do so. But here, I think it was just wasn't feasible for the people to, you know, for farmers and that to put up windmills, you know, so, you know, wind turbines. Um, yeah. So it's too bad that didn't work out. I wish that did. And, yeah. It's, and, it, it's funny, right? It's like, I, I look at these things and my God, like I dude, I would never, never in a million years, never, never ever get into public office <laughs> because it's like get into what? I, I would never get into the public office the public oh, oh yeah I, I mean <laughs> i i've got opinions about it right and and certainly when you look at things it's just like you know they say well how do we have this framework like how do like you say for the wind turbines right so when they look at the wind turbines and they're like okay or or even the solar panels it's like how do we implement this how, how do we wrap our heads around this who like how do we make this happen and then, then all this consultancy money gets thrown around and they try to lock things in. And then I look at, you know, like you'd said, like in Europe, in Denmark, and in these other companies that have those metrics, those proven results that they've been doing it. And, and it's like, okay, well, let's find out what they're doing. Let's copy them because it's working. right? Yeah. And let's apply it to what we're doing because it's, it's, it's not like we're, we're invent, we're reinventing the wheel. We're just saying, Hey, we know we need, we should be doing something. How do we, who's doing best practices and how can we apply that to what we're doing within our infrastructure? To me, I, I'd never understood that. And maybe that happens. Um, and maybe that gets lost in bureaucracy sometimes. Uh, I, I, think, it does. I think that, I hate to say it, but I think that's what it is because it's just uh, like, for example, like with solar panels, like that's a great, I, solar panels are great because, you know, you're, you're using, you know, the sunlight for energy instead of you know the electrical grid or coal plants it's better for the environment and uh, i know i have a friend who he he put up a bunch of solar panels on his property to uh pretty much power his he had a, his own little like uh like a little shed thing in his on his property where it was like his man cave basically and he had his computers and everything in there so he he rigged it with solar panels so he could, you know, run everything in there. And the town wouldn't let him do it. It was just, you, you can't do that. It's, it's, it's over-regulated, I think, is what the problem is here in Canada. 
and maybe the states too. And I, maybe and I'm not an expert, so I don't know for sure. It's just a guess. But that's what my gut tells me. It's just overregulated, and that that is the problem, really. <laughs> like regulation is good because you got to have rules in place and that. But when it's sure too much and too many levels of government involved, kind of sabotages everything. So I hope. That doesn't happen with the electric batteries and all that as well. Well, I, I call it I call it bureaucratic bloat. All right, it's uh, I, I guess that there are supposed to be those checks and balances in place, and, and and I'm happy to do those. But at some point, it's just like you're spinning your wheels in mud. Um, and I think that you know that I, to talk about the the housing issue um, locally. I think that's part of it as well. Is uh, you know I've, I've I know several developers. Um, that I've spoken to that have said that some of their issues is that, you know, they've reintroduced, certainly from a government perspective, uh, a, a ban on foreign buyers, right? And they've they, they've said um, that's hoping to cool the market. But the, the real issue is it's a supply issue. Um, and and yeah. some of the issues they have from that side, it's not all the issues. I mean, it's a very complicated situation, but some of the issues is getting that approval process um not quickly done, but certainly streamlined would probably be the process to say, hey, we've got a real big opportunity here, but it's also a real big concern here for the Windsor-Essex area. And I, and I said somebody, I said this to somebody the other day, Eric, too, talking about the, the housing market and, and, and people coming in. Um, they were talking about housing prices going down. And I saw that they, they were expecting prices um, from a national standpoint to go down another 20% to what it was about in 2020, but even in 2020, those prices for the Windsor area were still higher than, geez, I remember a friend of mine buying a house in 2011 for 132,000, like in a four bedroom, two bath, like you'd never hear that today uh, because no. of inflation. But if you go back to the supply chain issue and, and, and certainly supplying issue for the demand of homes in the region, it's like you take a look at the battery plant announcement coming down the pipe. And then you take a look at um, the Gordie Howe and the hospital and all these different things that are coming down. And again, it goes back to where are we going to house these people? How are we going to house these people? And do we have adequate people to make the housing happen? Um, you know, it, it, I think there's a bit of a, you're seeing a lot of these, you know, manual uh, forests and the, and the labor kind of writing their own ticket, which rightfully so. I mean, if you're a skilled labor person, and you do the job well, I think it's their market to find a, a job uh, because their skill set is so in demand. I just think it's going to be the perfect storm again in the next five to 10 years with this influx of people staying, investing, living and working here in the region. And I hope to God, I think we will be, but I hope to God that we're ready for it. Yes, for sure. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. I feel like I'm on my soapbox tonight. Like I'm an old man arms, just kind of <laughs> like, like reading the, reading the newspaper and be like, Oh, this is the way it should go. But yeah, well, is, it, they're all uh, legitimate concerns that we, everybody thinks about. Well, I don't know if everybody, but it's, it's tough. It is. It really is tough out there, especially with housing and not a lot of, there's even a uh, affordability issue of it as well, because it's, a lot of people in our city are struggling just to pay, you know, the mortgages and rents these days. And then on top of it, you have like inflation and the 
the uh, unemployment rates over the last few years. So, and luckily the government was helping out, you know, a lot of people with the CERB and, you know, unemployment. But uh, yeah, it's hopefully everything picks up again. I think a big part of it too, uh, Eric, is, 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 you know, this goes back to a whole, you know, they talk about the, is it the workplace revolution, right? With a lot of these people who are doing the telecommuting for their jobs or the work from home for their jobs and, and, and they're doing these different things. And I think there's been a, the great reset, as they're calling it, right? Um, the workforce resignation. And I think you're seeing that people who are good at what they do can command it's sort of like the the free market contractors way of looking at things. Like if you're good in your job and you know what you're worth and there's a demand for that. Um, I always, I, I never got that. I mean, I, I got it from a dollars and cents point. And, and I, again, I've never really had opportunities to, in my professional career, in all the different jobs that I've had to be a direct uh, hiring force for people. But it always boggled my mind too that, some employers don't understand or not are not willing to understand the value of having people who are dedicated and the value of keeping that those people in your workforce in the sense like if you got to pay them what they're worth if that makes sense and i think that's where you're seeing a lot of these workers from these different industries saying well you know i've got this opportunity over here i got this opportunity here it's a better work life balance i can do this i can do that you're seeing a lot of those people sort of move into those positions and you know employers are struggling to to hire because um you know people don't want to work or the right people aren't applying um it, it's that old adage and and i firmly believe this you get what you pay for if if, if that makes sense yeah definitely for sure um yeah i also have the uh, the problem with areas people actually leaving to get jobs elsewhere in other cities which adds to the problem. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you have to strike a balance with definitely employers, you know, need to treat their employees well. And, uh, you know, it should be a two-way street. You respect each other and, you know, just keep people happy and they'll work better for you and pay them what they're worth as long. And that's kind of the challenge sometimes because with the price of like, just everything it's it's tough on businesses and employers as well to like to pay their employees like restaurants for example i know that's that's not a that's a smaller type of industry but you know you got to pay they got to pay a like higher minimum wage now which is tough on the business but also on the the employee side it's still not the greatest living wage either yeah so it's it's a tough challenge i guess balance that ideally everyone should get paid what they're worth and yeah to live on (laughs) well yeah i just i i don't know i don't know i think that's where you see a lot of people pick up side gigs right and they do things on the side or i don't want to say side gigs but they they find side gigs is such a derogatory term i think i think it's not a side gig i think for a lot of people who do quote-unquote side gigs it's a passion for them so uh, i would i would say that side gigs are additional revenue streams yeah, uh, selling sure. corporate. Um, and I think people have to do that to keep the lights on. I mean, my God, I, I do the grocery shopping in my house, right? So um, we, the family of four now, which is so weird to say, 
um, I was doing grocery shopping last weekend um, and I had to buy diapers and I had to buy some wipes and things as you, you normally buy uh, for a young baby. And uh, I looked at my bill when I'm checking out at Walmart, man, and I'm doing, and there's, here's another old man arms rant. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, here's my thing. I've always been a proponent of, of, of the cashier. I like the cashier. I like to talk to a cashier. I like to be greeted. I like to, I like to go through the whole process. I, it's good. I also do see the benefits of the self-checkout. But if the self-checkout is going to save me, save the corporation money, because they're essentially getting me to cash out and not paying, where are the savings for me? Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if, if I, you, like, I, I don't see oh, that. No. I don't see, I don't see it. Like, and, and, and I sat there the other day because like, and the other thing for the self-checkouts, like if you go to the Walmart ones, I don't know if you've been to the Walmart, the, the, the checkout lanes are like this big. So if you've got like a massive cart full of stuff, like I had boxes of diapers, man. And I'm I, like, there's no room to put these diapers or anything. Like, like please, please return it. And I'm like, looking around, you guys got to give me something bigger to put this stuff on. Like, I don't know. It just, it's getting expensive to live is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. And uh, oh yeah, congratulations on the new baby, by the way, too. Oh, he's, he's very cute. Buddy. Thank Forgot you. To tell uh, you that it, we we're backstage there. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, man. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's crazy. It's been a couple weeks now, and uh, they always say it's different for the second, right? And um, Liam's Liam's been really good with Olivia. Um, now she's a little bit more alert. Like when we brought her home from Windsor Regional, she's just like a plop. Right. So she's sleeping, eating, pooping. Everything's good. And then as as now she's becoming more alert. And uh, you know, Carrie and I were we're both going to bed at the same time with Olivia, because we've got her in the, the bassinet in our room. And that didn't last long because when Olivia got up, Carrie got up, and then I got up. And you know, by like nine o'clock the next morning, it's like the walking dead in my house because we're all <laughs> exhausted. So what we did was when we brought Liam home from sick kids back in 2018, because Liam had to have medication literally around the clock because he had that. And I think you saw pictures with that NG tube um, that we had to give him his food and his medication in. Um, yeah. Carrie and I developed a system where uh, we take shifts. So I would come home from the CBC at that point when I was working there uh, and I'd sleep for a couple of hours. I'd come home at seven. I'd sleep until nine. And then I would tag Carrie out and then Carrie would go to bed until three o'clock in the morning. And I would stay up with Liam until three, three 30, giving him his meds, making sure he eats um, and just make sure everything was good. And then I would tag her in and she would sleep. So we've kind of taken that model and we've done that with Olivia. So like tonight, um, Carrie will probably go to bed around 10 and I'll be up. I mean, Olivia doesn't have any medication, thank God to take. Um, she just feeds, right? Um, so I, we, we take that model. So like two 30, I'm like walking into the room and I'm like, Oh my God, take your daughter. <laughs> like I'm out. I'm good. I'll go like sleep on the couch, but we're making it work, which is yeah, good. It's a lot of work and hiring when you have little ones like that. I'm glad, uh, my youngest is 17 now. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Eh? But yeah. And now she's starting to drive. <laughs> well, oh she, my God. She's had her license for about a year now and she's going to take her. Or uh, I think it's called the G two, whatever. Her her full license is going to be this summer. She'll be taking the test, so we'll see how that goes. And yeah, but at first when she was driving, the first few times uh, I almost had a heart attack. I'll tell you. 
it's it's weird right to see them drive like yeah especially when they have a lead foot and slam the brakes on so hard and (laughs) follow the car in front of them so close (laughs) but she's actually she's a really good driver now but after oh the first few months oh my god i was praying all the time and (laughs) closing my eyes you get in the car you're like glasses wallet keys and watch right let's let's make sure we arrive (laughs) alive right yeah yeah so yeah there's so yeah with kids there's a lot of you know different stages and they're all fun. <laughs> as, you, as you progress and you get older, right? You get to see. Yeah. Life, you know? Like now my daughter, I like, like when my daughter was younger, she was like a daddy's girl. And now she's a teenager and she's like, she doesn't want to have much to do with me anymore, which is funny. You know, it's different. Yeah. They kind of get the, I, And with photography, I used to, uh, she used to be my model, you know, to practice you know, in different settings and that. And now it's like pulling teeth. To, <laughs> to get her to do that unless she wants some instagram pictures then she'll ask me and i'm always happy to do that <laughs> yeah it's uh i don't know man it's funny like i was saying to carrie the other day it's like when liam and olivia get to be in their teens like i don't know where the world is going to be in terms of social media at that point like that's liam's for olivia's i mean she's a few weeks old but like my god if you look at 15 years like if you were to say to me like back in 2002 like I was having this conversation with somebody the other day about social media. It's like 2002, there was no social media, which is so bizarre. Like there was nothing. And then yeah. like 2003, 2004, MySpace. I remember I was like one of like I was on MySpace a lot. And then it was 2006, 2007 is when Facebook really started to pick up steam and then Twitter. And I mean, you look back on that, it wasn't that long ago you know, yeah. and see what kind of social media is going to be on the horizon, or even if it's still a factor, well, um, will be interesting to see. Well, I know we talked about it last time and I rambled too much, so I'll be quick this time, but we're going to be going into the metaverse. <laughs> we're going to have our, our Oculus goggles on and actually go into virtual worlds and see each other in 3D. <laughs> that's, I think that's the next evolution of uh, social media. It's like, uh, like Facebook rebranded their name to Meta because they're working on that right now, which is yeah. weird. Yeah, I'm I not going to say too much more about that. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I even have a hard time. Like I just started a TikTok, right? Yeah. Like so because I'm on TikTok. Like I'm a lurker on TikTok. Like I've been on TikTok for a while, but like I'm like I'm not going to start anything. Like I'm not doing the dances. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And then I just, I, I'm like, you know what? I might as well. Because a couple of my buddies, like Ian um, from Fight Like Mason and like Adriano from Windsor Eats, um, they got TikTok. And they, they talk about their stuff, like, you know, Ian through Fight Like Mason and his stuff. And so I'm like, what the hell am I going to post? Like, I, I'm not going to be doing dances and stuff. Like, you know, so I post, <laughs> I really, I like, I so I posted some videos of Liam and his birthday party when he got to meet Spider-Man and stuff. And I, I mean, it's fine. But like, I'll, I'll go on TikTok and I'm scrolling through, but. That's why I guess from a, from a VR metaverse perspective, it's like, I don't even know, like I said to Carrie, I'm like, do I leave social media on a high note in the next five years and say like, thank you. That was great. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good. You know, and I never thought I would be that person. Right. Cause I was always like, oh, I'm on social media. Do yeah, this, same, do that. Same here, same here. But uh, actually the last few months too, I've been, I've been staying off of, so I haven't been on social media as much as 
I have been in the past. I just kind of got, I don't know if I just got burnt out or right, but it's, it's, it's sometimes overwhelming because there's so much posted on there. And then when you're, when you're, uh, you know, like you're doing your show and I'm trying to do Eyes of Windsor. So we're trying to find everything we can and we're stopping at everything on social media. And it's just, it can be overwhelming at times. Yeah. So I kind of slowed down for a little bit just to take a little break from it, but I'm going to be uh, back at it now that all the uh, events are starting to kick up, uh, kick off again here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I feel like, and that goes with any kind of media, right? I feel like, you know, you can get easily get sucked into this rabbit hole of all of the bad and that's happening around the world and the constant stream and the talking heads and, it's like, I, I, I just kind of say like, especially now I've noticed in the last two weeks, especially with Olivia being home, um, how valuable time is and how little of it I have during the day. So if I am going to clock out on social, like, you know, I have a few podcasts that I listen to. I like to have um, sort of my pulse on what's happening in Windsor, Essex from an event standpoint. That's why I go to Eyes on Windsor. I'll, I'll check out Windsor Eats. Um, I'll check out Windsorite.ca too. Um, and then that's it. Like I don't, I'm not to put my head in the sand with what's happening generally in the world, but I I am aware of what's happening, but I also want to balance that with what's happening in my own backyard. Um, yeah, oh yeah, I think sure. that's that's very crucial, right? Because man, like a lot of the stuff, and I'm, and I'm, I'm really, I do follow a lot of what's happening in the Ukraine. Um, you know, I've spoken about that many times on the show. Um, you know, everything, this drama with Elon Musk, every day it's something. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. That's my, my wife and I talk about it every night about what, you know, what happened in that clown show. Um, but yeah. it's it's just like, there's just capacity during the day about how much you can take in, right? Um, yeah, for sure. And yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of negative news and posts out there, so... Like you're focusing on the positive on your show, which is great. Yeah. I'm just trying to do a. I'm just trying to do a little bit of the chit chat, right? I always tell people like I I, I missed having those connections. Uh, I don't have to break for commercials. Uh, <laughs> we talk about what's happening in Windsor. We have some fun and we get some take from people who are doing some incredible stuff. So, yeah. so eyes on Windsor ramping up. Um, that's going to be awesome. Happy to always partner with you on all sorts of different initiatives and different things. Same here. Um, I think you're doing incredible work in the community. I want you to keep it up. And um, I think uh, what you do at Eyes on Windsor is a blessing to everybody in the Windsor-Essex area to have that sort of online guide to uh, all things that are happening here locally. So my friend, I'm sure I'm going to cross paths with you in the next few months. Uh, until then, I want you to stay safe and keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Thanks for joining me on the show today. And before we go, do you mind if I use your platform to say something? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Okay, I just want to say... Um, I've had a lot going on in the last few months, so I haven't been too focused on Eyes on Windsor. I'm going to be picking up on that again. But what I want to say is there's a lot of people who have sent me Facebook messages and emails and sent me their events, and I haven't really responded or posted to it because it's just so overwhelming. But uh, I just want to say thank you for, for sending the messages, and I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. And if there's anything, you know, that has passed. I'm sorry if I didn't list it and anything that's coming up, I'm going to do my best to get it out there. That's right. There. <laughs> well, no, and I appreciate it. I, 
I think that's important for people to understand too, that Eric does this as a passion project for him too, right? So I think that's why it's crucial for businesses to support eyesonwindsor.com as well and be able to, you know, help Eric continue to to deliver that quality, um, good news event reporting that he's been doing too. And we're happy to share his stuff on our page as well and, and get him involved with different projects we're involved with too. So God bless you, man. Um, keep it yeah, up. You and, you know, you just... You just keep doing you. So I appreciate yeah. you, brother. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Thanks, brother. And enjoy all the summer events coming up. You and everybody out there watching. Yeah. And <laughs> finally, I we're going to get to do some events this year. Go to events and enjoy, enjoy it's it. It's going to be good, dude. It's going to be good. Down. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Knock on wood, right? Knock on wood. Yeah. All right, man. Take care, eh? Okay, you too, Arms. Nice talking to you again. Always a pleasure. Eric Bonici from Eyes on Windsor, great guy. Um, website's awesome to check out too in terms of local content. So make sure you take a look at what he's got on there and uh, you know check out what the different types of events are happening here in the Windsor-Essex area because there's lots to get to and lots to see. Uh, eyesonwindsor.com, we're happy to partner up with him as well. A um, couple of messages coming through on the stream too. <laughs> uh, just to say about, yeah, the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to open that with the 20 foot pole, but it's, it's, it's entertaining. Um, and I try to limit it. Right. I, I do my, my kind of weekly recap or my nightly recap with my wife because, you know, we've both been following it, but I don't know. It is what it is sometimes. And you just, you take a look at things and it's like, if it walks like a duck and it's qu quacks like a duck, uh, it's probably a duck. Right. So. Um, thank you so much for watching the show. Hey, we got some pretty cool things happening uh, in the next couple of weeks here. We've got a couple of amazing guests that are going to be joining us on the next couple of shows. Um, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm really excited to welcome these folks on the program. So that'll be coming up over the next couple of weeks and a really cool partnership. I'm really excited about this. That's going to be debuted here on the program uh, in about three weeks time. Um, it's exciting, and I think it's going to be a real opportunity for this show to hit a new level because of the support that we're getting from the community itself. So check it out. Armsboomerlight.com is my website. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you back next week here on the project.